With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. All right. Hello, high wire woman. I am here with my friend, Robin. Robin, say hello to high wire woman and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Rosanna. Thank you for having me. I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and now I live in New Jersey. I started my career as a special education teacher. I was a a lawyer, also ran a business and did some communications work. And now I'm writing a book called From the Glass Slipper to the Glass Ceiling, Tales of Alpha Women Chasing the Fairy Tale. It's a story of positive messages of women who have had attainable careers to use as a motivational teaching tool for women who want to advance themselves and to learn a little bit about themselves and how they can do a little bit more in their careers. Awesome. So Robin's been in the corporate world for a long time. Tell us a little bit about being a woman, a high-level woman in a large corporate entity and what you saw working women struggling with. Like We all do different jobs, but I think we all have very similar issues. I think women in big corporations struggle with fitting in and finding their voice. I think the biggest thing for women in corporations is that we're very reluctant to bring ourselves to work, to say who we are, to say what we want. We are so grateful often that we have the positions that we put up with a lot of things that we really shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that we have to have the confidence and the courage that our work is valuable and valued to be able to say, I want this, I need this, this is how I'm going to do my job. And also when we walk into a meeting to find our voices and make sure that our views and our opinions are heard so that our good ideas are also taken up by the corporation. And I think if you find your voice, you can find equilibrium, you can find your contribution and you can grow your career as well because then people know you have something valuable and valued to say. Yeah, it's super interesting because I spent a bunch of years in a very large corporate law firm and it would come out of meetings and some of my female colleagues would say, well, you know, I think we should do this or we should do that. And I thought, well, why don't you say that? Like, that's a brilliant idea. But I think there's so much fear of how it will be perceived. And I think women struggle with that. So you're venturing into this whole new world of alpha women. Tell me about that. Like, what made you arrive at this place where you thought, you know, there are some similarities of of people that get ahead and those that don't. I think when you look at women at alpha women, the successful women, and you look at the concept, the concept of an alpha is both revolutionary and evolutionary for women. Revolutionary because from the beginning of time, women were more gatherers than hunters. They weren't necessarily the alpha, they were the beta or or the omega in Greek parlance. And over time, women have taken on different roles and we've become trailblazers, leaders of the pack, driving Mm -hmm. change and driving our ideas. And it's evolutionary because I believe that alpha women evolve. You don't wake up the first minute of your career as a like supercharged alpha woman, alpha woman who walks and who can do everything. And one of the things you'll see in my book is that I have 
phases of an alpha woman, an attempting right. alpha, a learning alpha, right. a professional alpha, hard driving, and then uh, you rock like super driven, absolutely alpha. Because over time, alpha women will have different characteristics and different things that drive them. Mm-hmm. Some of them are IQ related to interla- in intelligence quotient, and some is related to EQ or emotional quotient. And I've developed an axis of different characteristics. And any woman who's a career woman or wants to be a career woman can look at the characteristics in every phase of the alpha and get tips from me about how to advance to the next level. So So it's kind of a graduated, evolving idea. So the audience for your book could really be somebody starting out in their career all the way to somebody that might be, you know, at the C-suite at their corporation. So the evolution can really follow people depending on where they are in their life. Absolutely. And the tips that I have and the coaching that I'm going to do, but particularly the tip sheets and the tips that I've developed are relatable for alpha women at every stage, how to develop, how to advance, to make plans for ourselves of how we get to the next level. And it's important to think, again, of alpha women as an evolutionary concept. So like Mm -hmm. you say, the audience for the book is all women. And in fact, I've had men interested in it as well. It's very interesting, not as alphas, but more as support and how do they support alpha women in their climb to the glass ceiling and beyond. That's been really unexpected to have following. Yeah, you set out to do one thing and there's always... Some good surprises attached to it. So yes. Alpha Women Rock, when will it be out and available and how do we get our hands on it? Oh, well, thank you. The book, From the Glass Slipper to the Glass Ceiling, will be out in maybe six weeks, four okay. to six weeks. It will be available on my website, which is www.alphawomenrock.com because Alpha Women Rock. Amen. Um, <laughs> if you want to write to me specifically, my email is robin at alphawomenrock.com. So you'll be able to find me there. So now that we're in this weird pandemic situation and post-pandemic, and given your history in the work world and what you see going on, I think we need to reinvent ourselves. And what do you think is, you know, a a really critical skill post-pandemic for working women, regardless of if we're starting out or if we're in the middle What do you think is going to really distinguish those that succeed and those that don't in this new, I hate saying the new normal, but we're in uncharted territories and I think every business is going to be rebuilding like it or not. It relates again to having your voice and finding your voice and speaking up and being courageous. The other thing that I think that women have learned, men too, but women have learned is how much our community needs us and how much we need our community. Mm-hmm. So it's about supporting each other. It's about supporting the community. It really takes a village to raise a child, to run your household. Sure. And I think that there's got to be more of an awareness of how to support one another. But going back to the workplace, whatever the workplace looks mm-hmm. like, I think we now have the ability to find our voice and say, this is what I want. This is how I want to work. This is how I think that work should be. And allow ourselves to take comfort in the confidence that we know what will work for us and what will work for our villages, so to say. In my book, I talk a lot about villages and how we've needed villages to support us throughout our careers. And this has been a time where we've really looked at our village. Mm -hmm. 
For sure. And I think it's an interesting time because I think employers are going to be a lot more approachable in terms of what's going to work for their employees. I mean, every business has been turned upside down. All of us are working remotely. This is the time to pivot and say, you know, if remote work works for you and your village, then I don't think there's going to be a lot of employers saying, no, you must return to your desk from nine to five. I think this new normal will have some flexibility built in, which could really help women find their voices and what they truly want to be. Yes, I think flexibility is always important. And that was one of the words that I was thinking. The interesting piece of flexibility, though, is to also have defined boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I found earlier on in my career when my daughter was little was that the technology really helped me work remotely, but then all I did when she was asleep was work. I know. So it's about setting our own goals and our own boundaries, but I agree. I think that employers see that employees work, even if they're not right in front of you. And that's a huge advantage to take. That's a huge thing to take advantage of right now before employers forget. So we have to remind them, right? We have to remind them we're still working. Even if you can't see us, we may just be throwing in a load of laundry before we're taking our next meeting. I think those lines of work and home are going to blur. And I think Mm -hmm. that that blurriness is good if we manage it properly with courage and our voices and some flexibility. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I've been working from home for a while now and The problem is I have a hard time turning it off, but I don't feel as stressed because I could throw in a load of laundry or I could start dinner. Whereas when I was in the office the whole day for 10 hours, I was like, oh my God, my laundry's piling up. What are we going to have for dinner? Right? So at least you can take some breaks and have your foot in both worlds and at least feel not as stressed. It's interesting though. I did read an article saying the average American's workday has been extended by like four hours because we sure. can't turn it off. Sure. And employers know that you're sitting there and that, again, there's no boundary. Right. And I think that boundaries generally are really important. We saw in the corporate world that I was in, the boundaries started to reduce when the technology ramped up because of the time differences across mm-hmm. the world. Yes. And people would be in Europe, they'd be contacting you or in Asia, they'd be contacting you with a six hour or a 12 hour mm-hmm. time difference. You could work around the clock. Right. So one of the things that I had to learn when the technology ramped up was what my boundaries were. And I, I have similar boundaries now to what I always did. I'll find my time to exercise. I'll find my time for the recreational things that I do, like playing the piano or taking French lessons or mm-hmm. getting blankets I mean, things like that. And I'll also always turn all of it off for dinner for two hours. For sure. And I've, I've always done that because when my daughter was little, I would say, I'll do whatever you like. Just give me two hours around dinner time. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of how I did it. Everybody has their different times right. of day. But it is true. The work days have extended. I see it in people that are still in corporate jobs. Again, it's about boundaries because how do you say to your boss, don't contact me at 10 o'clock at night because they know you're there. Right. I know. And they know you haven't gone out <laughs> anywhere because nobody's going out. I know. It's really hard. And as an employer, if I do things on the weekend, I try not, if I send an email, I will do a delay send. So it's not delivered until oh, Monday. That's a great idea. Because just because I'm working, I don't want my employees to feel like I need to respond right away because she's on. So 
but it takes conscientious effort to draw those boundary lines, especially for alpha women that want to do it all and be it all to everybody. I really have to block time out and say, okay, I'm going outside for the next hour. I'm not bringing my phone. Just going to take, you know, enjoy a nice day. The world's not going to end if I don't respond to something in one hour. So yeah, I mean, we're alpha women. I always say I'm not type A, I'm type E, everything to everyone. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Type A is just for people who are in the box of, you know, an alpha person or the, the old ideas that we had about being career women. Where, oh, you're sure. a type A, you're really gung-ho, you're really energized. Right. But we're type E, we're yeah. everything to everyone. For and sure. then there's nothing left for us if we're for not sure. here. And that's why I started High Wire Woman, because one day I thought, you know, I was trying to get 800 things done. And I thought, oh my God, the expectations on working women are insane. I mean, yes. and when you look at what, especially now with social media and Instagram and even magazines, everything that's that you're looking at is like, you know, walk 10,000 steps, create plant-based recipes, homeschool your child, you know, don't use paraben cause there's a million shoulds. You should do this. You should do this. How many things could we realistically do? We can't do it all. We can't be type E. That yeah. is not sustainable. It's also, it's not our nature. I mean, part of it too, is I think people will say, can you have it all? And I think you can have it all, yes. but you have to give different percentages to the all at different times. Yes. And you can't forget what your dreams are and who you want to be. And that's a lot of what's in my book. The essays that are in it, they're stories of women. I know them all. I've known some of them not for that long and some for decades. Mm -hmm. And they all have really interesting stories about how they got to where they are and the different things that worked for them. And it's really important to know who you are and to follow your dreams. And as you say, to pivot if you want to do Mm -hmm. something a little bit different or to take your career in a different direction, to just make sure you really are true to yourself and to make your own rules. That's one of the Mm -hmm. things that's predominant on my website is make your own rules, whatever they are, because it's your life. And in the end, you have to be satisfied with what you did with it. And I think that this time where we've had a lot of time to think Mm -hmm. gives us the opportunity to say, well, when, when the curtains go up and we can run outside again, what do we want to be and what do we want to do? And I think it'll take some real mental fortitude Mm -hmm. to figure all of that out. And we can do it. I know we can. For sure. Nobody wants to go to their grave as a type E. That is not a fun life. (laughs) No, that's not. It's not. Not at all. So before I let you go, tell me like one thing you've rediscovered or discovered during this crazy quarantine time. Now that we've had all this time at home, are you reading anything good? Watching anything good? Are you meditating? What are you doing? I've learned to bake. Really? I've never baked anything except for those slice and bake cookies that I used to make when my daughter was little and you had to bring something good right. to school that you'd baked. Oh I've actually baked bread. I've baked wow. banana cinnamon chocolate chip muffins. Wow. And yesterday I made white chocolate banana muffins. They're actually really easy to make because I decided that I don't need to be that dependent on the whole grocery supply chain. That's something that really made a huge impact on me because here in New Jersey for a while, we couldn't get food. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get delivery. We couldn't get times to go and pick up and we couldn't get into the stores. So I've decided, I'm joking about it, but only half joking that I want to plant a vegetable garden. For sure. 
and to be more independent. And I've learned to make all of these things for myself and for my family Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to be so dependent. But one of the things I've learned to do is to bake. That's and amazing. it's actually good. My family's eating it, which That's- is usually the test. If they disappear, then you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think all of us have realized, you know, things don't, recipes don't have to be really complicated. You could do a lot with what's already in your pantry. I just bought a tomato plant the other day at oh, our local you? nursery. <laughs> and I'm super excited about just having fresh tomatoes in my backyard. I think a lot of us are rediscovering that. And I think it's all for the better. We don't need all this stuff. And it would be nice to turn it internal. So that's awesome. Very good. Yeah. No, so I thought that would be something interesting. And I have a black thumb, so I haven't started the planting yet, but I intend to. Good. Figure, well, that's awesome. We'll figure that out. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We're super excited. I will be putting Robin's contact info on the YouTube link. But again, it's alphawomenrock.com. Robin is a superstar, and I know I'm super excited to get my hands on this book because I know it's going to be hugely helpful. So. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Rosanna. It was great to be here. My pleasure.